Shalom. It is my privilege and honor to uh, just introduce my friend and my fellow uh, minister in the trenches <laughs> in Jewish ministries, um, Robert Spector. Robert Spector is the president of Rock of Israel Ministries. And they reach out to Jewish people in various different ways, but the heart of his ministry is to reach the lost sheep of the House of Israel. And he's been doing that for 30, 40 years. So you can imagine that he has something to tell us, right? So I want to welcome Robert up. Robert is also the treasurer of the National Jewish Fellowship, and he serves with me on the board for the National Jewish Fellowship. And I believe you're also the treasurer for the secretary of the Lausanne Council for Evangelism. So he's a busy guy. And he has a lot of good things to tell us. So welcome, Robert Spector. Shabbat Shalom. It's a pleasure to be back. It's about three and a half years since I've been here. Uh, seems like yesterday because we just kind of forget about COVID. We want to forget about COVID anyways. And uh, so it was uh, just, um, I think, before our uh, my wife and I, uh, had a trip to Israel that we came here and had a wonderful time here at uh, Beth Emmanuel. The ministry of Rock of Israel is uh, was founded by my father. He grew up in an Orthodox home, and it was a traumatic experience for him to become a believer in Yeshua. He he thought that he was the only Jew that believed in Yeshua, but uh, of course he wasn't. But he thought he was. He was ostracized from his family, and, and uh, you'd think that curtail his uh, efforts, but he was zealous for Yeshua, and so he, he went to Bible school and became a missionary. He was first a missionary in Haiti, that's where I was born, so now you know a Jewish Haitian, and then he went to Africa, and it was while he was there in Africa that God spoke to his heart to come back, start a ministry to his own people, so he did that, and in Los Angeles area. After I graduated from college, he asked me to help him in the ministry. I did, and later became director of the ministry, moved it from Los Angeles to Cincinnati. So that's our home base today, Cincinnati, Ohio. Many people ask me why. Why would I move from sunny Southern California to Cincinnati? And when it gets cold, I wonder why too. But it was a good move. I wanted to be more centrally located. I found out 70% of the U.S. population is east of the Mississippi River. 70%. I think the other 30% must be in Los Angeles. But anyways, <laughs> it was a good move. We, uh, we began to minister in many different cities, large cities, handing out thousands of broadsides and talking to people on the streets. But with the advent of the cell phone, everybody's talking on the phone, texting, listening to music, and so it became difficult to interact with Jew Jewish people or anyone on the street. Because not only were we trying to reach Jewish people, but we were also trying to encourage Christians to share their faith with their Jewish friends. So God gave us a different way of evangelism, and that is the marketplace. We are called to go out into the highways and byways and compel men to come to God. And so that's what we're doing, and we're doing that through uh, state and county fairs. 
So every year in January, we go to the South Florida Fair. And uh, then in February, we go to the State Fair, which is in Tampa. We know when to go to Florida, January, February. Then we go to about seven other uh, uh, fairs. In fact, right now, we have a booth at the San Diego Fair and uh, a lar large Jewish community in San Diego. And so please be in prayer for our booth there uh, in San Diego. Um, I uh, and Sarah, and by the way, Sarah, stand. She's, she was singing on the worship team. This is my daughter. And uh, uh, by the way, she graduated from college with a a math and music degree, I had told her that, you know, music doesn't pay, so she had to do something else. Uh, so anyways, um, she uh, has just come on staff with uh, us and uh, has to work with her father, so you could pray for her. Then, um, so we will be uh, doing a week of that outreach uh, in, um, I think, a week in uh, coming or something like that. I can't keep track of my schedule. I'm going everywhere all the time. So uh, anyways, I have a video I'd like to show you of how we're engaging uh, Jewish people in conversations at the, uh, these fairs. There's sound. We've been renting booths at state and county fairs since 2006. Rock of Israel Ministries has found a unique way to reach both Jewish and Gentile people with the gospel. In the marketplace, we've been renting booths at state and county fairs. However, one of the best fairs we have found is actually not in the U.S., but in Toronto, Canada. It is at the Canadian National Exposition, also called the CNE, and it has 1.5 million attendees each year. Toronto is a city much like New York, with a very diverse population. We meet more Jewish people here than any other fair. And with our many Jewish and biblical products out there on the table, including books, Art of the Covenant models, jewelry, and more, it brings many curious people over to us each day, much like fishing and bait. For instance, last year at this fair, we were able to share the Messiah with over 325 Jewish people who came to our booth. That number is not even including the hundreds more non-Jewish people we speak with as well. And even if they do not stop to talk, hundreds more will stop dead in their tracks and read our large banner, which says, Jesus made me kosher. Jewish people will stand there for a minute or more and read how Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Of course, many non-Jewish people stop to read it as well. We cannot tell you how productive this unique banner has been over the years. For those who do come over and talk with us, most will take a bookmark, which is a copy of the banner, Jesus Made Me Kosher, and listen as we share how we are Jews who believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, promised to our people. Of course, there will be some who are open to the message. If they are open, we will give them a free book of Jewish testimonies or something similar. Conversely, there are always some who oppose us being there as well. Sometimes we get a visit from local rabbis who seek to stop what we are doing. They show up with video cameras and argue with us. Nevertheless, we are sure that the gospel will go forward no matter what the situation. And the booth in Toronto is just one of the many booths we have rented and continue to rent across North America each year, armed with good volunteer staff who love God and love the Jewish people. With all that being said, may we ask for your help in reaching people? Renting the booth in Toronto...
And Since so, 2006, we're... Rock of Israel Ministries has found a unique way to reach both Jewish and Gentile people with the gospel. And so we are um, going to go to about uh, five more fairs uh, this year, and um, Toronto is one of them. We hope it's going to be open. I think it's going to be open, uh, Canada, that is. And then uh, a number of uh, Washington State Fair, Arizona State Fair, the Ohio State Fair, all very large, large fairs, uh, usually attended by a million or more people. I, uh, of course, with, with COVID and everything, I don't know how many will be uh, there, but uh, people should be flocking to these events after two years of the fairs being closed. So we're, um, we're excited about our um, outreaches and how we can share that we are Jews who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. The um, second area of ministry besides uh, our outreaches, and by the way, not uh, what with COVID, we had to find other ways to um, impact the Jewish communities, and so we were doing a lot more on the internet, of course, with Google ads and uh, Facebook ads and, and things like that. And then um, uh, the, uh, oh, by the way, we also did something interesting. Uh, one of our staff did a cooking show on Facebook, and then I, I did a few episodes of uh, story time with Grandpa Specter. And so uh, just looking for any way to interact with uh, people on the internet. And then um, uh, the second area of ministry for us is what I, I do on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, and, and that is to encourage people to share with others about Yeshua. Um, we, we, we seem to be uh, concerned about um, everything in our lives, and I'm telling people that it's not all about you. Did you know that? I know that many people feel like, you know, God loves me, and, and it's, you know, God, you know, does everything for me, but really, God loves the world. And, um, and so uh, I am always encouraging believers to, to share their faith with their, their friends, neighbors, coworkers, and everyone, and especially the Jewish people. So we're going to churches and, and not only helping Christians understand that the Bible's a Jewish book written by Jews and should be understood in culture and context, but also trying to uh, inspire believers to pray for Israel, pray for the Jewish people. There's, there's a rise of anti-Semitism in the world today and e even here in America and even in the churches. And so we, we want people to pray against this scourge of humanity, this terrible thing that is rising up and uh, affects many Jewish people. In fact, uh, uh, as a committee, we are, uh, the National Jewish Fellowship is, is trying to get uh, the denomination, the Assemblies of God, to make a statement against uh, this terrible uh, anti-Semitism that is on the rise today. And so we're encouraging Christians to pray uh, for uh, Jewish people. The um, third area of ministry for us is those two tables out there. We bring a lot of resources, uh, and I hope that you will take time after the service to, to peruse the two tables of materials. Now, uh, we often um, 
uh, are purchasing things from Israel or wherever we can give them and taking them to the fairs. And so this is a good example of what we have at the fairs that will interest Jewish people. And they see the menorahs and, and or the Jewish flags. And, and in fact, uh, oftentimes, Israelis who work the fairs will come to us and just be glad that we're there because we're flying the Jewish flag or the Israel flag. And, and so they, um, they, we have a good rapport. In fact, they're, they're on their, uh, what is it called, FaceTime. They, they're taking their picture with the booth and sending, you know, to friends in Israel. And uh, so we have a really good rapport with Israelis at the fairs. The, um, the material uh, is, uh, you know, goes across the board. It has uh, jewelry and prayer shawls and anointing oil. And unfortunately, this morning when I came to the service, I forgot a suitcase. I have three big suitcases out there, but I had another one, and I forgot it. And so uh, there are a few items missing on the table, but uh, maybe I can have that Monday night. Yes, okay. So we'll have uh, more things maybe Monday night. But uh, please take time after the service. Um, this is how we support those outreaches. I don't know if you're aware of it, but we have to pay to be at the fair. In fact, many of the fairs char charge $5,000 just for the booth. Now, when you add lodging and meals and travel, it's a very expensive form of outreach. But I've not found a better way to engage Jewish people in a very non-confrontational approach. So it's uh, something that I'm willing to pay, but this is one of the ways that we support those outreaches is the profit from the sale of these uh, items. And so you'll be getting something when you purchase something and you'll be supporting ministry at the same time. It's a win-win uh, combination here. And um, the uh, uh, second reason I hope you come to the table is that some of the material you, you know, are, are hard to find and so It'll be an easy way for you to procure it. And, um, and by the way, I came prepared if you didn't. I have an app on my phone to take your credit card. So I'm ready if you are. Um, and then uh, the third reason that I'd hope that you will take time after the service is every item you buy is one less we're going to have to pack up. We have to carry this on the plane. So please uh, deplete these uh, things for me. Well, uh, I appreciate this opportunity, rabbis, and, and that uh, also to be here for this conference and, and uh, that it uh, dovetailed together uh, greatly. Anyways, the um, message I want to share this morning is a message that I'm sure everybody is, is glad for. I mean, who doesn't want a miracle? Does anyone not want a miracle? I don't think anyone doesn't want a miracle. How many of you want a miracle? Everyone. Everyone wants a miracle. And so do I. Um, and I have seen miracles. And I, I imagine you have seen miracles. And, and I wonder if maybe our children, if they saw more miracles, they wouldn't be leaving uh, the churches or leaving the synagogues if they would see the miracles. But that's an aside. Um, in today's Torah portion, I don't know if you're aware of it, but in today's Torah portion, 
uh, a little more in the middle of the Torah portion, not what was read this morning, but in the middle of the Torah portion, uh, we see God telling Moses to tell Aaron to bless the children of Israel. Let me read it in English. Uh, again, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and to his son saying, thus you are to bless Benai Israel by saying to them, Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Adonai turn his face toward you and grant you shalom. In this way, they are to place my name over B'nai Israel, and so I will bless them. And so, what a wonderful, wonderful blessing. What a wonderful passage of scripture that we hear very often because we need his blessings, right? We need his blessings. Without him, chaos. Um, not only does, are there blessings that cause us to th be thankful, but there are blessings that keep us from, from falling apart. And, and so this is an important passage of scripture. And, um, uh, but I would ask, how, how does God bless Israel? Uh, how does he bless you? Well, some blessings seem coincidental, uh, like something we might have worked hard for. We will be blessed with maybe uh, a good job and, and, uh, or a family and children or grandchildren. I have six grandchildren. I'm very blessed. And, um, and so the, it, it might be seen like something that you've worked hard for and uh, something that you have achieved. But all the time, we recognize that it is only by God's grace. It's nothing. Uh, it's, it, all we have to imagine is some disaster, and all of that will be wiped away. And so even if we think we've worked for it, it is God's blessings. They, um, but I would say some of the greatest blessings in our lives are miracles. And perhaps you uh, know of uh, some miracles that were extraordinary. Um, maybe uh, you have a testimony that is just tremendous how God did something miraculous in your life. Or maybe it was just something simple like where are my keys? <laughs> you know, have you had that experience? Where are my keys? God, help me find my keys. Or my phone. That's probably one of the ones that... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so there are miracles that are little miracles, but we know that God helps us even in the little things. And so um, perhaps a child praying, you know, for something or... And, and we want to encourage that child to pray for things and, and to see God's blessing and God's miracles. But what is a miracle? Uh, the definition is, a miracle is defined as a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Of course, God. Um, 
Unfortunately, there are many people that are atheists. They don't believe there is a God. So how can they believe in a miracle if they don't believe there is a God? That they believe that, you know, that the world, be, or, or that Earth was, uh, you know, came out of the, um, what is it called, the Big Bang, and, uh, and uh, through natural uh, events, or, or the evolution of man. Uh, how ridiculous, and yet they believe this so that they don't have to believe in a God. They have to find another answer for the God who works in our lives. The sad fact is, in light of the Holocaust, there are many Jewish people who are atheists. Perhaps you know some. These people perhaps are children of Holocaust survivors, and the Holocaust survivors would say, there can't be a God because of the Holocaust. If there was a God, he wouldn't have allowed that to happen. And so their children have grown up with that philosophy, and they they don't believe in God. And yet, God loves them and wants them to know him and wants to prove to them that he is God and that he, he uh, wants to work in their lives. In Deuteronomy 4.29, it says, But there, from there you will seek Adonai, your God, and you will find him when you seek him with your heart with all your heart and with all your soul. In Psalm 77, it says, you are the God who works wonders. You have made your power known among the peoples. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, oh, I love this verse. Listen to this verse. For the eyes of Adonai range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are wholly his. Think about that. God is looking for ways to show his power to us who believe, to those whose hearts are wholly his. God is looking for ways to do that. That's so encouraging to hear that, that he is looking for ways to act on our behalf. In Psalms 105.5, it says, Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgment he pronounced. Now, let me go through a little history lesson of the Bible. In the Tanakh, there are many miracles, many miracles. And we need to be reminded. In fact, this just said, this verse before said, Remember his miracles. And even the, the feasts are reminders. Those, why do we have these feasts? To remember. That's the purpose of the feast. Sometimes we get caught up in the feast itself, but we need to recognize why we are celebrating the feast, and it's because of what God did in Israel's history, and it is to encourage us in our lives. So let's take a quick history lesson here. Of course, God made the world out of nothing. That's a miracle. Let there be light, and there was light. God made Adam out of dust. He made Eve, and that's all he made, only two. Uh, 
don't want to get sidetracked here, but only two, male and female, he made. <sighs> Some people. Anyways, Abraham, think about Abraham. Now I skipped over many, Noah and all those others, but let's, Abraham, God said, out of you I will make a nation. Why did he make a nation? There were many nations. What? The scriptures tells us that he made a nation to bless the other nations. So remember, God loves the world. And so he made the Jews to be a light to all the nations. And of course, all those that are grafted in, are that's their calling, to be a light to the nations. So God made Israel, Sarah, had a child in their old age. That was a miracle. Moses, who had a speech impediment, selected by God to lead his people out of slavery. Well, let me remind you of the parting of the Red Sea. Think about it. Think about walking through that. That was amazing. I would have liked to have been there. Not in Egypt, but going through the Red Sea. I would like to. Parting the Red Sea, walking on dry land, walls of water. Think about that. And not one arrow was shot to defeat the Egyptian army, but they were destroyed by God. A miracle. Joshua and Jericho, think about walking around the city of Jericho, and all you were doing was blowing shofar, and the walls came down. What a mighty God we serve. Think about the battle that Joshua needed more time. What did God do? He stopped the sun. Now, I can't imagine that. Um, sometimes I wish I had more time, but I can't imagine the sun stood still or, or the earth must not have rotated. <laughs> and, um, and so God performed a miracle. Gideon's army, God reduced his army to show his power. It was not man's power that would win against the enemies. In Je Judges 7, 15, it says, Now when Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. Then he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for Adonai has given into your hand the camp, camp of Midian. God has given it. Think about David and uh, Goliath, this boy. He wasn't a man, he was a boy. And when everyone else was frightened to fight the giant, God selected a boy to use to show his power. And he defeated a fierce foe. In 1 Samuel 17, uh, 47, it says, And so all this assembly will know that Adonai delivers not with sword and spear, for the battle belongs to Adonai. Remember that. The battle belongs to Adonai. In Daniel, the king said, He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Perhaps you have some lines that need God to close their mouths. Maybe it's a boss, I don't know. But 
God can do it. Signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Let's turn to some of the miracles in the Brit Hadashah. Matthew 19, 26, and looking, Yeshua said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He healed the deaf, lame, blind, he healed leprosy and other sicknesses, casting out demons, turning water into wine, walking on water, multiplying fish and bread, and even raising the dead. Supernatural events, miracles that prove the power of God and his son. In Acts 2.43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So not only Yeshua, but the, his apostles performed wonders and signs, miracles. In Acts 19.11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So we know that miracles are not just for long ago. Miracles are for today. Even when we look at the state of Israel, it's a miracle. A nation formed in a day, Isaiah 66, 8, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in a day? Can a nation be brought forth at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall bless, blossom abundantly and rejoice. How many of you have been to Israel? A few of you? The rest of you need to go when uh, Rabbi Michael calls to tell you he's going. It's a wonderful experience. One of the things you will notice is that when you see the border of Syria and Israel, you look on Israel's side and there's plantations and blossoming of, of, of uh, uh, the land. You look on the Syrian side, it's, it's desolate. It's desert, and, and so we see God's hand in, in even the land of Israel. More powerful nations surrounded and attacked Israel, yet Israel prevailed in every war. God is her defense. I, I heard uh, someone, or maybe it was on the internet, I'm not sure, and I know you can't believe everything on the internet, but say that, uh, that even the nations couldn't understand how their missiles and everything was sent away from Israel, that it, it went into the sea instead of landing on, on Israel. God's hand is on Israel. Hallelujah. Showing his mir miraculous uh, defense of his people and his land. Let's talk about you. What miracles have you experienced? Perhaps in your finances? Uh, perhaps in health? Children? You know, there are m many families that want children that can't have children. Children are a blessing. 
There are miracles of many size and many things that are in our lives. Sometimes we don't recognize them, and that's unfortunate. But God is moving and acting on our behalf. I assume, Rabbi, that this is a miracle. This building is a miracle. Amen. Amen. God is at work today. He is doing miraculous things. A lady I knew uh, some time ago, she, she told me this, that she was single and without work, and uh, she had pretty much exhausted all her resources. And, um, and she, she was worried what she would even eat. Uh, I've never been in that situation, as you could tell. But she, you know, was it concerned about what she eat? She said to me, she went to the cupboard and it was full. Do you believe that? Her cupboard was full of food. She depleted that, went to the cupboard, and it was full again. God is working today. Not just in the Tanakh, not just through Yeshua or his disciples, but he's working in your life today. I'm reminded of the widow that helped Elijah and her oil and flour did not run out until the famine was over. He can do that for you. I know that there are times in my life that God has uh, kept me from danger. God, God is... Uh, saved me from death. I remember, uh, I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, but I went on a bicycle trip when I was young. And um, I wouldn't try it now, but I went 8,000 miles on a bicycle. 8,000 miles. From Alaska to Guatemala City. And uh, my wife says it was all downhill, but that's not true. And uh, there were many times on that trip that I saw God's hand on my life. He is at work today, and he can perform a miracle for you. Perhaps not, maybe you're not looking for a child, maybe you're looking for a helpmate, uh, a spouse. I believe that that's a miracle when he brings two people together to, uh, to work together, to, to help each other. His protection, his healing, even his presence, his joy is something that is a miracle because there's very little joy in this world today. Look around you. Look at the, the chaos. He, even here in America, uh, chaos, of course, in, in Ukraine and, and many places in the world, but, but there is there's joy to be had. There is his presence, his peace, even in times of sorrow or stress. So what is your response to God, the God of miracles? What is your 
your calling? What, what, what does he expect from you? I mean, we expect everything from him, right? We expect, you know, health and, and finances and, and protection and all of those things. But what does he expect from us? Well, I believe that he expects you to be a miracle in someone's life. I'm, I want you to think about you being a miracle. We want miracles, but I want you to think about being a miracle in someone else's life. I, I know in 1 Corinthians 1.22 that it says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. So if Jews demand signs, let's show them some signs. Let God work through you to show Jewish people who God is. Because we're to be a light to the nations, right? How can you be a light if they don't recognize the light? And so I want you to be a miracle. When I meet a Jewish believer, for instance, at the San Diego Fair, I'll ask for uh, his story, or wherever I am, in many places, I find, I, I, of course, since I'm a Jewish missionary or an emissary, the uh, Jewish believers come to me. I, I'm usually at a conference, and, and a Jewish believer will come to me, and immediately I say, tell me your story, because I have heard so many miraculous things. God shows himself in miraculous ways to Jewish people. Read the st testimonies. There are always something miraculous. Of course, it's miraculous for anyone to come to faith. I, I grant that. But there is always supernatural events in every story I hear. And, and in fact, when I'm at the fairs, I often will ask the Jewish person to pray and ask God for a sign. Because this is how my father became a believer. He was challenged to ask God. So I'm asking Jewish people at these fairs, ask God. Ask God for a sign. Let, I believe God wants to show himself, right? If we get Jewish people to ask God, first, obviously they have to believe there is a God, but maybe that's the first step. God, show yourself. But get um, people to ask God uh, whether or not Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah, um, the King of Israel. Get them to pray and ask God, because I believe he is looking for ways to show his power, and you can be that instrument in their lives. In... Uh, Acts 1.6, it says, so when they had gathered together, you know, these are the disciples before Je Yeshua raised from the dead, or rather after he raised from the dead, before his ascension, he met with his disciples, and, and so they asked Yeshua, they said, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Trump? No, no, they, they didn't say that. Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? What did he say? 
He said, it's not your place to know. So, sorry. You just don't get to know the times or seasons which the Father has placed under his own control. But, this is what Yeshua said, but you will receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and through all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So this is what we're to do. We are to be his witnesses. Ask God to make you a shining light, a witness. Tell your story, how God has impacted your life, because that will be a witness of the great God we serve. Also to pray for his kingdom come and his will be done. Where? On earth. He's coming back as king this time, not as a servant, but as king. King of the Jews, king of the world. Lord of lords, king of kings. We're to pray for his kingdom to come. So remember these things, these verses. The battle belongs to Adonai. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and here on earth. And last, with God, all things are possible. So today, maybe you need a big miracle. Maybe you need a little miracle. God is in the answering miracles business. He is looking for ways to show his power. So maybe you want to come and pray and seek God's miracle today. Or maybe you have someone who needs a miracle and you want to pray for them. God can do it. All things are possible. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, God of heaven and earth, who wants to act on our behalf. Thank you, God, for that promise, that desire to show yourself the powerful God we know you are. We thank you. Lord God, we, we do pray for miracles. We know that signs and wonders are what are going to convince the atheist or the unbeliever. And so, God, we pray for miracles. We pray for signs. We pray for wonders. Build up our faith, O oh God, and may we be instruments of miracles in people's lives today. And if there is someone here today that needs an extraordinary miracle, Lord, I pray your work, your will be done in their life. May they know your power and might, for you can do all things. Hallelujah. We pray all this in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our King, our Lord, our Messiah. Amen.